Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Doing good. So again, I'm Emily. Molly. And I'm you... Molly. Why do I say that? <laughs> and you're listening to Stupid Genius. Stupid Genius. What okay. we got on this week, Em? Well, we're going to say our stupids of the week and our geniuses of the week. I'm keen to hear yours, to be honest. Yeah, my stupid... Is, this is going to be quite meta because I'm going to talk about the podcast Do on it. the podcast. My stupid is starting this podcast. <laughs> in the nicest way, I love this and this is so much fun, but I um, quite linked to my genius. I had my annual progress review and I'll talk about that when we talk about the genius, but... Um, we're going into our final years and the amount of advice that I've been given is start nothing new do not do anything new Um, you're going into the hardest part of your year and um, and my supervisor's like you know just head down and just focus on your PhD don't don't dilly dally in any other tasks and look what Oops. 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 Daisy, have you told them that you started? No, I'm so terrified. <laughs> so, like, obviously, our friend um, Alicia, amazing. She was tweeting about it, and I want to retweet it, but like, internally, I'm like, oh no, I don't want my supervisors to mean. see it. Yeah, and maybe, maybe like, once I start doing my work and like show that I can do them both, then I'll be like, oh, I do have a podcast. Do you know what? Like <laughs> that stupid crossed my mind as being my sheep as well because. I think was it something that we said about last week as well and we were talking outside of the podcast about taking on new tasks and how it was really stupid and then we were like oh my god we had this realization didn't we that we have done exactly that but then I was thinking about it and I was like well it doesn't all have to be stupid right is in like I don't know about you even though I'm productive I don't use every minute of every day so like even if we take a couple of hours a week to do the podcast yeah, I think as well, I, I I agree, and I also, if I just focus on my PhD, even though I, I do like, you're not that passionate about yours. <laughs> Shh, don't say that. No, I am passionate, but I just think, like, it's not a passion project. Okay. As in, um, I don't talk about it outside of work all the time. No, I don't either. live and breathe it. But for me, that's a positive thing. It's a part thing. of my life, it's not our life. I mean, that's the biggest advice I, I got given by uh, Dana, our mate. She said... Yeah. She said that her supervisor gave it to her and she said a PhD is a part of your life, not your life. Yeah. And that's resonating with me. It's so true. And I really hold on to that because I think if you get too caught up in it being everything, that gets really tricky. So having something like a podcast, yes, it's totally stupid. To do it in our third year is totally stupid. But at the same time, I do think like it, it... hopefully will be a really positive outlet as well and as this year is going to get I presume like more, more stressful, stressful you know and these podcasts are probably going to get angrier and more upsetting and more Chaotic. traumatic you might not hear from yeah. us actually but you know maybe that's not a bad thing that we're going to have like a space to be able to project that and exactly really digest it and you know people that are maybe going into the journey might listen and find exactly. it terrifying no if, I'm joking help yeah me. yeah or if they don't listen then it's just useful for us to talk through yeah. our problems <laughs> Dear diary. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, and I think as well this week, last week, it did take probably like two days of our week. Yeah. Um, but that's Should we admit that? <laughs> <laughs> that's because, to be honest, the, the editing and stuff didn't take too long. It was well, the... do you know what? That leads into my stupid. <laughs> because I, I was going to go big with the stupid and say what you've said, but then actually I was like, no, do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the editing because <laughs> oh that is my stupid. 
basically we did all our editing and it took us so long even though as you could probably tell from the edit we didn't actually really edit very much did we it was more just like trimming the the end the beginning and putting the music in but it took us ages because we've never used it before yes and then which leads me to my stupid is we published it and we um (laughs) advertised it and we told all our friends to listen and then um, rule number one, guys, if you ever record a podcast, listen to it before you publish it, because we published it, and lo and behold, there was a bloody there was a, glitch. Yeah, it was. there was a four-second gap, and yeah. then just overlapped. <laughs> and then overlapped, I don't know what happened. So that is my stupid, yeah. you know, I think if you're going to do something like put your voice out there, you've got to listen. give it a listen. Yeah, listen to your voice. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to listen to this one. No, <laughs> that's true. I it's, don't learn from my mistakes that way. It's so hard to listen to your own voice back, everyone probably appreciates that. No one wants to hear, I sound so different to what obviously I sound in my head. Yeah, oh my I, God, I feel like too. I sound like... <laughs> so bad I think there's a few stupids in just creating the podcast yeah. the, um, also we didn't save the intro so if the intro sounds different to the oh, uh, yeah and then we yeah. couldn't I don't know yeah there was a whole bunch of issues two spelling but, mistakes in there but do you know what as in like on the yeah, Instagram yeah, 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 but we're yeah. learning guys we're learning and that's you know? the point um, so come on, you genius! My genius, got to be something good this week. Well, it is the podcast. To be fair, we've managed to put out episodes with no experience. I know we're on fucking Spotify, mate. It's so I can't I feel get like over a it. celebrity. I can't get over it. Same. I was telling my mum, and she was oh, like, "I'm, I'm so listeners. proud of you." <laughs> and obviously, she doesn't have Spotify, so I was like, "Oh, just to, like I do talk about you." I like, love it because it sounds so much better than it is. Like, you know little secret anyone can be on Spotify oh, is yeah. what we have now realised all you need to do is just press upload <laughs> literally yeah. Yeah. seeing your own face on Spotify it's Mad. quite yeah, yeah it's quite and novel I would say your I mean obviously I'm, it depends on your genius but your genius is creating that icon for thank Spotify you. So thank good. you thank you very much so good but PhD related um, yes come on I did have my annual progress review and that was just pretty genius just to hear your supervisors say positive things about you yeah. and for you to go I mean, this kind of leaks into um, what we're going to talk about later, but um, my supervisor was like, give us an update of what you've done in the year. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I did a little bit of this and I did a little bit of that and like, I don't really know. And sort of, and he was like, you're so underselling yourself. Really? You need to be like, you published two papers, you, you've done an event, you did this, you've done that. I'm like, why have I not heard that you published two papers? Well, it wasn't me, like... Oh, you were a co-author. Oh, a co-author. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. I know, and two big systematic reviews, and and you've done this, and you've you've done amazing work for EDIR. Like you need to start selling yourself more, sort of underpaying it, especially at your annual progress review when you're trying to convince yeah. your supervisors that you <laughs> oh my god have uh, done enough work to carry on in your PhD. Yeah. So, and then obviously, and then my other supervisor, he was just he he was just giving me sort of. Good praise, and it God, was actually, that's got to have been like a highlight of the year, really. Oh, maybe that from from the, uh, it's also they hindered me a little bit because I was like, ah, I've got it. I don't need <laughs> this. To is work too it. easy. <laughs> I'm just gonna start a podcast. Yeah. What's your genius? Um, I would say my genius. I can't remember if I mentioned it last week, but I was going to a writing retreat last week, um, a two-day one overnight, and I was so pleased with what I achieved. Like I progressed a lot with what I was working on, so. I was working on my literature review, which I can't say today. <laughs> it feels like it's a Monday morning at 9.30. I am bleary-eyed. <laughs> I'm quite tired. I've been caffeine-free for two years and I still feel bleary-eyed. What is going on? Um, 
Yes, and my lit review, which in the sort of PhD, in the sort of thesis I'm doing, which is different to M's, because M's is like a scientific PhD, mine's, um, how would you even describe the difference? Uh, like, li- more like a literature. Well, like, no. No, it's more... What is the difference? <laughs> so basically, I write a oh, thesis... Well, mine's research-based, I guess. So mine's mine. research-driven. So I guess they're the same. Well, I think the difference is... Oh, you're publishing... Hang on, your thesis is a thesis by papers, isn't it? So you do three separate papers. Well, oh my god, guys, we I need don't to clarify <laughs> what is going on. We've had this conversation before. Yeah. Basically, mine is eight thousand words, and you tend to do like a sort of twenty thousand word lit review, fifteen thousand words for your methodology, and then it's about twenty fifteen thousand words findings, twenty thousand words discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Yours is kind of a continuous flow into all your different studies are in just like I a, have one. St- that's oh, you have one study. You tend to do one okay. Whereas I think yours is like three stages, isn't it? Well, it depends on how many. Yeah. For me, it's uh, I do still do a literature review, but I do that at the end because there's not much literature to do one at the start. Right. Then I do, I guess, a mini method section if it's needed. But then I have three chapters in my study one, study two, study three. Yeah. And that's pretty much how we do it in this is making me think that we need an episode on what a PhD is and what a thesis is for sure it just shows that we don't really know the differences and when I was going into yeah I said this before when I was going into doing a PhD I had no clue what it was and I was googling and youtubing and going well I'm doing this thing but what the fuck is is it it? and how do you get a PhD I think everyone in their first year feels like that as well don't they but like without getting too caught up into the technicalities then but basically for my PhD the literature review is quite a big um, like milestone I guess yeah. and we tend to write them first but you always have to go back and revise obviously so I wrote one in my like you know I've been writing yeah, one yeah, for yeah. a while but I finally got like almost my first full draft done I'm on about 18,000 words so um, I reckon once I've tweaked it a little bit I'm going to send it off to my supervisors this week oh my god that's so exciting so that means I've got two chapters pretty much ticked off now and guess what your stupid last week has been resolved because <gasps> my stupid was that I had yeah. That's so, so good. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm going to try and do that every week then. Turn my stupids into geniuses. Yeah. There we go. Oh my god. Formats. <laughs> Love good it. luck. <laughs> You're saying some unrealistic expectation. <laughs> Which leads us on very nicely to um, our main ramble, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to ramble on. Let's let's get rambling. Do you want to do it? Let's get rid of ramble. Let's get rid of ramble. Okay, so let's talk about today's topic. What is today's topic, Molly, and why are we talking about it? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about duh, 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 the dreaded imposter syndrome. Ah. Exactly, you should scream. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome because, well, it's like a really prevalent problem, I think, in the world generally, but yes. in academia, you know, particularly, and PhD students are really prone or really vulnerable to it, I suppose. Yeah, you know? and it keeps cropping up, I think. You think you've, you're like, oh, I feel good. I feel like I should be here. And then it slowly creeps up when you get, I guess, maybe a task that you don't know what you're doing or yeah. something happens um, and then you start to feel it. Exactly. Um, and I guess we'll say what it is. Yeah. you've got the definition. Do you know what? I actually had a little Google because it's one of those things that everyone knows what imposter syndrome is, don't they? Like everyone feels it, so everyone knows it. But I don't know whether... You know, I don't think I'd actually be able to, like, describe it, it articulately. Yeah. Yeah, so and everyone... articulate, is that a word? <laughs> I don't know, but it is now. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah, so here we go. So um, when I was doing my little Googling, which I've actually 
deleted from my Chrome. So I'm just going to have to make it up. Um, so when I was looking at it, it basically said that imposter syndrome is that feeling that um, you are a fake. You shouldn't be somewhere. You don't deserve to be somewhere. Everyone thinks that you're not good enough to be there. Mm. Um, and you're basically a fraud in that environment. And it's that feeling of, yeah, not being good enough, and essentially. Someone's going to find you out. Exactly. You're like moments away from oh discovery. <laughs> That's the, the key. That was huge in when I got the PhD. I was like, they, mm, shall I be honest? They should, do they know? Like, I'm not... I can't do this what the hell yeah and then throughout the whole year I'm like someone's gonna find me out someone's gonna find me out and when you don't do enough work that week you're like someone's gonna someone's gonna come and they're gonna go oh yeah see I knew you weren't capable of it or like if you provide a bit of work and stuff yeah never obviously happens because if you've got the job if you've got the PhD and if you put the your like if you put your mind to it you can you, you are capable of course yeah um, and there'll be bits where you don't know what you're doing and that's the whole point of a PhD. A PhD isn't... You don't get a PhD because you know everything. You get a PhD because you want to find out and you mm. need to learn. And that's the whole... It's a qualification because you're learning. Yeah. It's like a whole process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. And I think the the thing that's so like devastating about imposter syndrome is that, you know, it really can stop you from fulfilling your potential. And yet it's not even a real thing it is real it's very real but is in like you know it's not no based one else. on reality yeah, yeah. is it it's mm. purely just something that you think yourself yeah um which i think is really sad especially because you know we were talking about this earlier but um supposedly it affects women more as well which i think is really interesting yeah there was um basically it got discovered i googled it because it was it was interesting and um basically it was developed um from the concept imposter phenomenon I can never... Phenomenon? Phenomenon? Phenomenon. Phenomenon. You beat me to it. Yeah. Um, and it was in 1978, uh, they did a founding study which focused on high-achieving mm-hmm. women. So even back then, I guess... Yeah, in the olden times. <laughs> in the olden days, back in the day, um, they kind of based it a lot on women and how mm. we experience it more because we are told to be... I mean, let's not get too much into it. Yeah, maybe get, save that for another. Yeah, we get told to be quite small and sort of... Not take up space. Not take up space. Yeah. So when you are and when you're doing well, it kind of doesn't feel like you should be there or yeah. someone just hired you maybe because they need to fill a quota. and That's it. And I think like in the sorts of environments like they studied, which was high achieving women, so it's going to probably be high pressure environments, mm. which, you know, academia is one of those environments. They're very male dominated, aren't they? Particularly certain um, areas, so like your area of sports science is really yes. male dominated. Yes. So I guess that exacerbates that feeling even more, maybe. Yeah. We don't have one single uh, female staff member in our Whoa. biomechanics department. That is unbelievable. Crazy. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. So it's a real, I mean, that's what's driven my passion to like try and change that. Yeah. Um, which you are. Like it's which, happening. Yeah, it's happening. And you know what? The PhD students have been really good and um, in sort of getting a mix between male and females, but not, it doesn't trickle down. It hasn't trickled to um, the staff and that's what's so frustrating. So that also <laughs> gives me a little bit of like, oh my God. So if I can't see myself in high-paid job roles, am yeah. I even supposed to be here? What's yeah. for me next? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess coming from our final years, right now I feel where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. Take that, I mean, two years ago, completely opposite. I constantly was just being like, no one's, no one's gonna, I'm not good, I'm not good at what I do. And 
da 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 da. But as time goes on, you you just keep affirming to yourself like no. Yeah. I meant. I mean, what I told you is uh, one of my friends said when he was talking about his like business businesses and he got an opportunity and I was like, oh, do you not feel scared? You're in the like you're going into the big fish now. And he was like, no, why should I? Like I work hard. I'm a nice person. I'm meant to be here. I should be. I should be getting this. Like there's no reason why I shouldn't be here. That's amazing, isn't it? To have that sort of level of confidence. And we should oh all have that. Yeah. yeah. And him just verbalising it. And I was like, I think originally though I was a bit like, oh my god, you're. Cocky. Like not cocky, but like you're full of yourself. Literally, Jesus. do you know what? I was literally just gonna say. You remember, like when, especially girls, and I'm not. I don't want to hit on that feminist thing all, all episode because we'll get carried away. Yeah. But when girls are little, I don't know about you, but at school, it was the worst insult you could give a girl was she loves herself. She yeah. loves herself. She loves herself. But now, you know, that is what I'm aiming for. Like everyone should love yourself, and it's so crazy that we used to see that as like an insult. Whereas really, if we could all just have a little bit of that mentality like your friend yeah. has, like how much easier would things be? We're still just as capable, we just believe it. That's yeah. the difference, yeah. isn't it? There's just, and that's what, I mean, going back to the first thing, yeah. but in, in lip, excuse me, <laughs> in kids, I guess, um, who seem to be a scientist or not, you get told that you have to be a genius. Mm. And that's why I think maybe some of us carry that on to when we're doing a PhD, well, shit, I'm now supposed to be this genius yes I'm gonna be a doctor I must know everything um and when you're I guess it's usually about five or six they sort of judge of who they think would be a genius or you know who's smart and and most times out of like the class the boys will see themselves as more genius and the girls will see the boys as more genius and the girls as less so then they are less likely to proceed in Mm. that sort of um I guess like STEM and that sort of stuff even though they're getting the just same grades just STEM because not everyone might know Go what on. that means no I don't know oh it's um, STEM is I don't know what it stands for but it's oh, well, that's, it's women in science acronyms guy I think it's just women yes. in science no, STEM is like the whole subject it's not just women in STEM it's like STEM is science technology something is it? something isn't it let me pause oh my goodness so I've learnt something new today. Yeah, <laughs> so, there we go. So STEM is just science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Yeah. So it's um, the women. women in STEM. Women don't actively seek STEM because it starts from such an early age, and it's even like what at six years old they're feeling that imposter syndrome, yeah. even though the grades are very much the same. It's so sad, so it's crazy. isn't it? Yeah. And I think go you know bring it right back to the PhD, like the phrase that really used to trigger me as like feeling like an imposter is when you first start a PhD, because I don't know about you, but mine's definitely got better, Mm. you know, throughout the journey, but you hear the phrase expert in the field a lot. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you're doing a PhD, oh, so you're an expert Expert. in the field. Oh, so what's your topic? Oh, so you're an expert. And every time I would hear the word expert, I would feel less and less and less like a fucking expert. Like, literally. Because that's it, you come in, and especially if you're starting in a new field, like for Mm. me, I'd never, you know, it was a completely new field for me, I was coming from a sort of classical philosophy perspective, trying to apply it to this business ethics, sustainability environment, I didn't know fucking anything, so suddenly, like, people are calling me an expert, of course, like, the disparity between what I did actually know, and what people expected me to know, or what I thought they expected me to know, was huge, and so that's where that imposter syndrome really crept in, I think. And then when you read stuff... I mean, the more the more you read, the less you know, or at least the less you feel like you know, because you yeah. realise that, oh, I don't know, 
you, the, yeah, the more you know, the less you know, and that's how 100%, it feels. Hundred percent. I like, totally oh, okay. Agree so when I do my research, I I answer maybe one question, and then ten other questions arise from that one study, and I thought, oh, I thought I was going to resolve that, and now I've got more questions to answer. So you you more and more more feel out of your depth. Yeah. Um, and I, when you first start, like the first thing you do, isn't it? Because like you're not doing your active like practical research straight away. No, like, not in most weeks. So you read and like you do your keyword searches, you know, you get on the electronic library and you put your keyword searches in and it comes up with a hundred thousand papers or whatever yeah. it might be. And that is a hugely daunting thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to Yeah, because then like you say you read one and then you're like, Oh my god, here's another hundred that I hadn't even accounted for and then it goes on yeah. and on. But we're making this all sound very doom and gloom <laughs> because actually <laughs> it's not all bad and we've no. sort of found ways to Yeah, yeah. From when I started it. I'd overthink everything, I would be paranoid, I thought I was going into a professional I mean, you are in a professional environment, but you don't have to completely strip strip yourself of um your personality. No. And this is another subject that I want to talk about another day, which is like your personal brand yes. and how to find it. But um just also it helps with imposter syndrome if you just remember who you are and what you bring to the table and and yeah I used to be paranoid about how I dressed I thought I had to be dressed like a business I don't know I was like constantly overthinking it um constantly overthinking how I speak to people um if I you know I just need to say the highest bias my emails would take a whole day (laughs) I'd be like, yes, I don't know. I'm taking out the exclamation yeah, marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I I'm, still do that. Now, yeah, yeah. now I'm now I'm so much more relaxed because, I mean, obviously then you get to know people and they know you and they know you're capable of it. But um, but yeah, you just you just relax into it. And if you just know who you are and just be that person, yeah, then you then you will hopefully feel like you belong there. Yeah. Before we talk about sort of ways to overcome imposter syndrome. I guess we could talk about how it crops up and different people, how people manage it differently, I mm-hmm. guess, or how it shows. So um, for me, it's very different in very different situations, but most of the time I will put it off. Right, so okay. um, imposter syndrome will creep up uh, and I'll put it off for as long as possible because I'm like, well... I can't do that. I don't mm. want to do it. And you know what? Well, there's no point in me trying. Classic avoidance Avoidance technique. <laughs> technique. Because I just think, well, if I can't do it, then... Or, like, if people are going to find me out that I'm yeah. not good enough, then I just won't even try. Do you know what? I think I actually have an opposite response. Oh, do you? Which has its pros and cons. <laughs> like, when I feel that, I overcompensate and I... I almost, that whole fake it till you make it thing, mm-hmm. I overcompensate and I throw myself into things that I really don't feel comfortable doing, um, almost as like a, a challenge, a test to myself. It's almost like I feel like I'm punishing myself sometimes, yeah. but to be fair, usually it is for the best. So like an example would be like last year, there's this conference that happens and it's an American conference, it's an international conference, it's really prestigious in my area. And then um, I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to apply. And like, I didn't think I was going to get it. I got, you know, I got the opportunity to present. I was given this award. I was one of like 10 people. And going there, it was in Seattle, which I was buzzing about, but I've never done a long call flight on my own. 
and the week before I was in a bit of a mess and I was like what have you done like you're not just going to expose yourself to your colleagues that you know and like you're about to expose yourself on a world stage like what are you doing Mr Worldwide <laughs> Mr Worldwide on your own like you're not even going to have any colleagues with you and I really in fact that is when my acne broke out guys adult acne <laughs> oh, is a thing it's a thing and I have it when I'm stressed my forehead blows oh, up oh <laughs> my gosh no for real I've never had it like that before but Having said that, yes, the acne is pain. However, I was so proud of myself because I'm actually, yeah, throwing myself into it and not avoiding it was really scary. But, you know, I, I got a lot out of it. And yeah. I think that's, you know, if you can push, push through, through it. And, yeah. And, and, so you sort of overcompensate and sort of maybe sometimes that's why I'm so garish yeah oh no not it's yeah. more just like I'll be louder I'll oh no that's the same more. with me yeah. yeah yeah and then afterwards I come away and think why oh, the fuck did you say it's that? always a little voice in my head whenever I'm speaking going shut up don't say that yeah, don't yeah. Say, oh oh you said it okay. you know what <laughs> still this is so ridiculous but from that conference there is still a sentence no. or two <laughs> oh, that every now and again I'm not even joking pops into my head this oh, thing that I, I said to it. this guy <laughs> and literally God, what did you say can you say do you that? know what it wasn't even that bad it was like I told him that I hated this philosopher <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I don't even know why I said it do you even know him yeah I mean, oh, okay. I know him he's dead he's like a oh. classic <laughs> shit another day oh he that's a new life for you he's like an 18th century classic philosopher that oh, everyone well. knows right and I was talking to this guy and he mentioned him Emmanuel, Emmanuel Kant, for anyone that's interested. And I don't even hate him. Like, I don't even know why I said it, but I was really tired. I was a bit jet-lagged. And then um, I realised afterwards that this guy is a professor at Oxford and his main area is, like, Kant. So um, every now and again, it just pops into my head. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh my no. God. And I engaged in the conversation. You know, yeah. I, I didn't even need to talk to him. No, no. <laughs> you could have gone, where is he? Yeah. The, I call that head noise and I get it everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's a classic overthink. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Molly has got a little bit wheezy, so if you hear her coughing... I'm so sorry. It's because I fell up the stairs on the way up. So it's your fault, really. Emily fell up the stairs. My favourite sort of humour is people falling over, <laughs> and I've not been able to manage my <laughs> asthma-type asthma symptoms since that point, so I do apologise. Yeah, but you're going to have to get through it. Crack so, on. Yeah, um, no, uh, yeah, I called it head noise, and I, I don't know about you, but I verbalise going like, oh, what? Yeah! <laughs> I, like, oh, be walking, I did it when cycling... Oh, I, I don't know what I can't remember what I was thinking about, but it, it could literally be from me five five year old me to like to like I don't know yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I was cycling along. I can't remember what I thought about, but I literally verbally was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and then this woman turned around. I was like, "Oh god!" She's like, "That moment's crazy." <laughs> She's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I like to do the little shake of the head, like physically do. shake it out Ooh. of there. You yeah, know? that's true. But we we all get them, you know. Yeah, we all get that head noise. So, do you feel like you have imposter syndrome or high imposter syndrome now? Do you know what? I think, yes, I definitely have a level of imposter syndrome because I genuinely believe that every single person does. And I think that is actually such a helpful thing to remember as well, that even, like, the top professors have got imposter syndrome, Mm. right? Like, one story that always makes me feel better, which sounds really silly, but one of my really good friends, her mum is a medical consultant and she's extremely um, high up in her field. I'm pretty sure she's had like a medal from the Queen, right, for her services to medicine. Yes, she's really high up in her game. Shout out to you, um, Kate's mum. And I remember one time she was interviewing for a PA 
and she was really nervous about the interview. Like, Kate's mum was. Yeah. And I was like, this is crazy. You're literally, like, the top in your field, and you're nervous about interviewing a PA. And it just shows, like... You just... Yeah, because she was like, well, I've never interviewed anyone before. I don't want to do it wrong. And I'm like, whoa. Because that is really imposter syndrome in a way, isn't it? Like, manifesting itself. So I just tell myself, like, whoa. One, everyone has it, regardless of their status. So the fact I have it... Yeah, I have it. But I don't really think it's too much of a problem. And I definitely feel like since starting the PhD it has improved I guess just as I've like settled into myself into this role it does help that your knowledge obviously grows of the topic mm. and things so you can hold a conversation about it well we'll talk about it in a bit but we do you do get because I feel the same and you just you figure out ways to manage it and sort of talk yourself out of it I guess yes. talk yourself off the ledge but interesting that you say you are you don't feel imposter syndrome should mm. we find out Let's do it. There's How a, are we going to find out? There's a quiz. I mean, there's so many quizzes online um, that you can take. Right. So I think we're going to take it. We can ask a few questions um, to, obviously, the listeners if they want to feel like they... I if love they say yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to pause the podcast. You're going to do a test. I might do a test as well. And then we'll um, reconvene. If we're, if we're actually just bullshitting <laughs> yeah. and we're massively in, imposter syndrome. Let's find is out. Is that the word? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've done the test. That was really interesting. Em, what was your uh, your score? What was your result? Are you imposter syndromed? <laughs> <laughs> I have minimal indications of imposter syndrome, which is crazy. I am loving that. You know what, though? I know it's going to be different. If, if we did this in a couple of months' time, I know it's going to be so different because I'm just in the process of analysing my data and I'm just about to start a study, which is supposedly going to be my expertise. Right. So I come from a background of clinical biomechanics and I'm finally going into that um, study where I get mm. to do it. My what my background's in, but it's been so long that I kind of have forgotten, and I'm like, oh no, they're gonna finally realise that I completely lied in my interview and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, uh, so I reckon they will not. Just no, I know. I reckon right now I feel really confident yeah. in in my abilities. Obviously, I've just had a good feedback and praise, so yes, I'm feeling really helps. good. So I reckon this is quite subjective. I mean, that is such an important thing to highlight, isn't it? That like imposter syndrome ebbs and flows. Like mm. just because you're feeling it one week, it doesn't mean you're going to feel it another week. Which yeah. you know, shout out to people. We have a friend right now that's really sort of suffering with imposter syndrome, yeah. and I suppose it's just to really remind them and anyone who's feeling that right now that that feeling will pass. Yeah, and there'll be a time soon when you'll hit a score like Emily's just got, yes. and you're minimal imposter. You're like, ooh. Well, that's uh, the classic saying, isn't it? Um, it? This too shall pass. Exactly. Yeah, um, I love that. Me too. Sentiment. Because everything will pass. You're yeah. having such an amazing week. That will probably yeah. pass. <laughs> You're having a bad week, but that will pass too. And yeah, and that's the joys of life. What yeah. did you? What are you? Um, so I'm hitting the moderate indication of imposter. I'm at literally bang in the middle. Okay. Um, Which is kind of what you? Yeah, I think shocked that's, or not? No, I think that's probably about right. I mean, I think I probably sit at that generally you know I don't sort of have like an incapacitating imposter syndrome anymore um and yeah I think it's an it's an imposter syndrome I can manage this might sound a bit controversial but I think having a tiny bit of imposter syndrome maybe can be a bit helpful or at least to me because I'm quite competitive with myself like I don't care I'm not competitive with other people necessarily like I love it when other people do well 
but I'm competitive with my own achievements. So having something that makes me feel like I'm not doing well mm-hmm. sort of pushes me to do well. Do I know that's probably not healthy. No, I'm, but... the, I'm the same, I think, with um, my interview, before my interview with the PhD. Yeah. I had a call with my supervisor and he was, um, it was on my birthday, so I really wasn't prepared, to be honest. I just thought it was going to be a chat of, like, him telling me what the project is. Right. But he was asking me questions, and I just I just hadn't prepared, so I was like, I don't know, I don't know. He was like, well, you, you need, sort of like, you need to know, um, because, you know, mm-hmm. do you know, do you understand how important this is, and this and that. And in my head, I, I was like, of course, I freaking, oh, like, he doesn't. Oh, I'm, I've disappointed him. Mm. Obviously, that's projecting. Probably, probably didn't even cross his mind. But no. then I, um, then I was like, I'm, I'm gonna prove that I can do this. I'm gonna prove that I'm good at what I do. Yeah. I'm gonna give a smashing presentation, smash the interview. Um, it's like proving people wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no one to, to prove, prove wrong. Because... I create these situations. Yeah. In my head. But it's like what we were talking about last week with um, not wanting our partners to think that we don't work. You know, again, it's a projection. But... I know. I told my mum that because she can't, she doesn't have Spotify. She was like, Emily, that's such a lot. Like, I always know you do so much work, and I've always told you that this is going to be probably the hardest thing you've ever done. And she was like, Oh, like it's weird. Yeah, it's annoying it's that you, you think doesn't it. believe yeah. it, not them. Sort of yeah. Thing. Okay, so should we have a little look at some of the questions that we have to answer to get those? Yeah. Results? So it's a three-minute um, imposter syndrome test. Do you, do you remember what the website was called? IDR Labs. IDR Labs. That's the one we did. Um, and there's questions like, and you can answer at home if you feel like this. Maybe are you? If you're feeling shit, maybe don't do it because <laughs> yeah. it might just no. Because we're gonna we're, reaffirm yeah. the fact that you feel. Well, you, well, if you know it, I mean, awareness is always key. If yeah, you know I'm you've joking. got imposter. Then we, we're going to give you tips and tricks to... Yeah, and we're it. obviously experts in this exactly. field. <laughs> Please take everything we say with a pinch of salt. I might think something one day, and I'm, I'm so fickle. <laughs> I'd like to say that the test gives you advice, but mine just says, it would be advisable to get follow-up consultations <laughs> and increases tension from mental health professionals. What sort of use is that? Yeah. Give me something oh, tangible. Mine told me that, like, I've got minimal, but... Please note that this one can't replace the judgment of actual healthcare workers. <laughs> what? So if you feel insecure, these results are inaccurate. Stop telling me these. Like anyway, um, question number. So there's a few questions. We won't read them all now. But um, there is one where it says, "Sometimes I'm afraid that others will discover how much knowledge or ability I really lack. Mm, which really ties into what we were talking about, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then we also have, I often compare, compare my abilities. Why am I reading it when I've got so <laughs> such bad dyslexia? Nah, you're good. Um, I often compare my abilities with that of those around me and think they may be more intelli- intelligent yeah. or somehow more deserving than I am. Which is a big one, isn't it? Big Comparison. One. Yeah, you can so easily compare yourself to other people. Like, oh my yeah. God, they're doing so much more. I kind of used to do it a lot, and I can see a lot of our friends do it with everyone. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, I think a PhD is actually one of the worst times to compare yourself, because like everyone's PhD, PhD journey is so, so different. Mm. Not just how they experience it, but actually how it is. I mean, you heard us at the beginning of this podcast... Me and Emily don't even know the structure of each other's PhDs, no. like, is in how it physically pans out and works. Yeah. So to compare yourself to someone where you might be doing something entirely different, yeah, you know, is crazy. Yeah, really. yeah. There's no point in comparing. Oh, well, they've got already got three published papers, and I've got yeah. none because their fields completely different. Exactly. They might have different supervisors. They might have really supportive supervisors. 
you might have really like not a supportive network yeah. around you. You and might be a mum. You might. I was going to say parent. beyond that, yeah. it's the personal shit, isn't yeah. it? Like you don't know what's going on in people's personal lives. Yeah. And, you know, it's really important to remember that everyone's experiences are so different. So yeah, yeah. comparison is like just never a good thing. I don't. Yeah. Think. No. No. I, I agree. Like it's good to look at people and, and like, aspire to as, be them. Exactly that. But and be like, wow, they're really inspirational, but not like, oh my gosh, and therefore I am not. Well, comparing is inherently like negative usually because you're gonna be like beat yourself down and you're gonna be like well why can't I be like them they're doing this they're managing all this why me I can't even you know go to work and do a whole days of work Mm. but you don't you don't see their everyday's lives either you see their snippets if if you're on Twitter you see the snippets of their highlights like oh amazing I just did this but you didn't see them probably fall onto the floor and cry (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you might have illnesses and you might have so much more going on than someone who you know might not so there's so many different things that you there's no point comparing yourself it just leads I think it leads yeah to just like you just hating yourself yeah Uh, which we're not about on this podcast (laughs) coming from someone who used to (laughs) compare I think Um, another question is if I receive a great deal of praise or recognition for something I've done and accomplished I tend to discount the importance of what I've done mm. I do this all the time really do you know what I actually time. don't think I do that I quite really? like praise yeah. <laughs> give I, me more of it please <laughs> I used to do it my mum always said I used to do it as a kid she said I, she'd be like oh my god you did amazing because I used to compete uh, you did amazing da, da, da. and I'd be like well it was alright like, I could have done better this is the sports I woman coming out I always felt like I could have done better and I still feel like that actually um, now you've said that I remember mum always tells a story about I was very like um, academically competitive as a child to the point where my family used to call me Miss Clipboard and apparently <laughs> they picked my mum picked me up from school once and I was like seven or something and I was like in tears really really upset and she's like what's going on is she being bullied you know and it was because we'd done a test at school and I'd got 99 out of 100 oh my gosh Molly how ludicrous is that oh my gosh but I've come a long way since then yes little old Molly yeah, yeah. you know she's still there probably like dying yeah. to get 100% but um, so yeah maybe there is still a little bit of that maybe. left in me actually but now I've thought about it well I I think now I try and use it for more for my benefit than for to hinder me so yes. instead of me going oh I could have done that better I'm like what what, how could I, I have done how that How could I have done that better? I mean, you did, I mean, you smashed it, but like, how, is there anything that you can improve and learn from next time? Yeah. Because you're trying to learn, rather than just like, be like, you're shit. Yeah, You could have done that better. Like, um, so, yeah, and then I'll just read out one more. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> this one I think everyone might feel. I'm afraid that people who are important to me will find out that I'm not as capable as they think I am. Mm, yes. That's a biggie, isn't it? Yeah. I think like obviously in the context of your PhD it's my supervisors spring to mind with mm. that not I don't know I just I don't want to let them down so I'm constantly yeah. like feeling and also because we sort of represent them don't we as their students yeah. we're they're sort of um you know putting their hat in our corner they're saying yeah. that they support us and they're sort of publicly announcing that yeah. so like I want to do well to prove yeah, that, that, to, to yeah, prove it right, I yeah, suppose. That's true. I think it comes to everything, like personal and professional. You, I don't know, when you start dating someone, you're like, oh my mm. god, they're gonna, this, they're gonna find out that I'm this horrible monster. And obviously, you're not. I mean, that's that's. <laughs> um, <laughs> should um, I be in a little room like with friends? you right now? Yeah. What do I know? I'm like, oh no, they're gonna find out that I'm like, I don't know. There's there's something there's something that's always cropped in for me. That's like someone's gonna find out that I'm not. I guess. 
I don't know, I try and protect myself as a very positive person, which I think I am, but then sometimes I think, oh no, they're soon going to find out that I, I can be really negative, or I can be... I cry on the floor. Yeah, 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 that's it. Or like, professional-wise, they're going to find out that I don't really know what I'm doing, but But then it's really okay. That, that, and actually, those are the things that make you human, and that human? <laughs> they make <laughs> you human. You've been doing the cat memes too much. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. My human. <laughs> I have a cat, guys. Oh my God, soon to be two. Ah, We're exciting. picking up our new little cat this evening. Um, but yeah, human. Um... Yeah, that is what makes us human and like, you know, allowing your friends and loved ones or support network to see those vulnerabilities. People just love you more for it. You know, they're yeah. not like, oh my God, Emily is so like... 100%. You know? It's even when you bring it back to like professional. So when I present, I used to be so annoyed that it wasn't like perfect. And um, But now I hate, I detest watching or listening to a presentation that has clearly been... Mm. presented to the to the high heavens they make no mis- not any they don't even need to make a mistake but it's just like almost like a scripted, computer and scripted and learned and they've got no none of their personality shining through oh my god it's so boring yeah you yeah. need to be you need to be able to show that you know you are human and that engages people so much more for sure yeah if someone's too perfect to me boring <laughs> get in the bin I don't believe you either I'm like I'm like I don't trust you you're too yeah, you're too this really. um, so let's I mean we have definitely spoken about this way too much but it just shows what a big topic it is and you know we we'll came probably in, cover it again yeah and we came into this thinking we don't really have imposter syndrome that badly anymore or at least at the moment and yet we've just oh, spent so long, so long talking about it but just to think about some ways so like how do you find that you um deal with it i know we've sort of talked about that Mm. throughout the episode but is there anything key that if someone was listening to this thinking yeah you know i want to sort of work on my imposter syndrome yeah what do you okay so thing that spring to mind just because i mentioned presenting i um now love presenting i absolutely love the sound of my own voice obviously that's why i've done (laughs) podcasts um no it it's so daunting having to get up in front of people and um there's two things i and this is coming from my sporting background, we used to do it a lot, is um, visualisation, what was it called? Manifestations? Yeah, almost like manifestations and like creative visualisations. So what I'll do, and what I used to do as a kid, would shut my eyes, I used to do gymnastics, and visualise myself um, doing the perfect routine or doing the perfect whatever skill I was doing. I love this idea. And um, that would put me in a good mindset. I usually do it at competitions. It put me in a good mindset of like, well that went well so mm-hmm. how can it not it can definitely go well in the real real life not just in my brain so I do that in pre- presenting I pitch myself up there I kind of picture myself I kind of sometimes do the actions I don't I don't close my eyes anymore but I sometimes like and I usually set the like first bit of I practice the first bit because once you're in mm-hmm. then it's then it's enjoyable so I usually visualise in my head going hi everyone I'm Emily because it's so awkward introducing yourself yeah I hate that start of the it's my worst part and then you you do that and I sort of visualise myself doing really well and that really helps me saying like well you can do it in your head you can do it in real life yeah and then also just pushing through the fear um, which I'm sure you you're going to talk about a little bit more but now we're sticking to the presentation sort of because it's easy just to um, talk about fear. It's like so you're so scared and you're so scared at the start, but once you push through that and you get into it, it's then actually enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So it's like that fear could hold you back, but you just need to. That's only going to last for a little bit. Yeah, and then you're going to push through it, and then you're going to get it done and you're going to do it well. 
I think there was one there's one time that I didn't push through it and it really frustrates me to this day drama class used to love it obviously me being loud really? and I, I used to love it but I wanted to do a play and I'm not the best singer um, and I definitely know like I'm not I'm not even being like harsh on myself I'm not a good singer um, and there was a singing part that we had to do to like get the part because oh obviously God, plays you have to sing my worst and all, nightmare. all I wanted to do was just be in the background and yeah. not have a main part and sing um, and the fear crept up and I just I ran but we would I was with friends so I, we created a whole routine mm-hmm. and, and I fucked them over because I just ran obviously well you I'm ran like, off stage well it was in like re- not rehearsed it was like kind of like in um, to get the part whatever that's oh, called oh auditions auditions <laughs> yeah. and I ran and I left my friends there like and just rare. before I enjoyed just before their audition oh it wow it killed me what and a I, lesson to learn oh then, my right? god yeah I and I was like you know what if I would have pushed through that fear it wouldn't have been that bad I'm not I'm not there saying I'm an amazing singer and then have to sing I've, I've always said that like, I'm not a good singer so what wouldn't have been that bad and I wouldn't no. have that is quite a scary thing to do though like oh, yeah, as run. A, I'd have run as a like 13 year old yeah. like fuck Jesus. me <laughs> um so yeah so Pushing through the fear mm-hmm. um, and sort of not letting that, not letting you succumb to that, and then also just creative visualization yeah. is what I do all the time. Which I'm definitely going to do, you know, because I've never really done that. I mean, affirmations is something I've sort of tried to do, particularly more around personal things like body image and things like that. Mm. But this mental visualization thing, I really like that. I'm going to try it. I mean, my like pre presentation prep goes as far as doing like power poses in toilet cubicles, which. Guys, I recommend it. It really does. Yeah, it's good. There's like there's studies about yeah. it that show that it increases confidence. But um, yeah, I suppose my things that I my key one, which is super simple, is um, which we've already talked about, is to remember that everyone experiences it. I find that really really helpful. Yeah. Um, to know that you're not alone and that it's yes. very normal. I know we don't use that word normal a lot because it's not a great word to describe things, but it, you know it, it sort is. of fits here. Like it is. So yeah. Thing. Sorry to interrupt you. No, but go my for it. supervisor, she is amazing. She's achieved so many amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And she presented to I think it was quite a lot of people to be fair, like over two hundred people. Right. And I was like, so do you still get nervous? What's the thing? And she was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but but it only lasts a small amount now. It's less. It doesn't last as long anymore. And it's right before, and then I push through it, and then and then I enjoy it again. Um, and they all say like performers, you know, like these absolute amazing artists. You know, shout out to Robbie Williams, the love of my life. He still gets nervous, right? And if he gets nervous, then I think it's okay. Yeah. you know, like everyone feels that. And he, sorry, I'm going to talk about Robbie Williams now. <laughs> um, this is the geek coming out of me, but he still talks about now feeling like an imposter. And like you look at the success he's had, wow. you know, so he's like the biggest selling male artist like more than like higher yeah. than Elvis Presley right really he gets imposter syndrome that's so frustrating though also like oh because you it, see it doesn't end oh my god does it ever end <laughs> are we ever gonna feel comfortable but then it's trying to form it into something positive as well yeah. and I think the other thing I would say that links um to that and also to your point about pushing through the fear is managing your expectations and mm. you know that I think is so key in all areas of life um but managing your expectations of yourself so you know don't expect yourself to be this perfectly fine-tuned brimming with confidence individual like that is too high expectation of yourself you know and and you're not going to meet it so like lower that expectation and then those feelings that you feel will feel less of a shock and less of a failure because mm. you weren't expecting to not feel them do you know yeah. what i mean yes yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah and 
just to, before we end, I'm going to say actually a little thank you to Vin because last week for our um, inspiration for the desperation. <laughs> he actually, uh... he actually, you know what? When I was thinking about imposter syndrome, Vin, he crept into my head and his point about Ooh, get focusing my, on the... Get out of <laughs> you, you stay away from Woo! him. <laughs> um, yeah, his, his point about focusing on the little wins, mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful for imposter syndrome because if you can objectify, objectify... I don't know if that's the right word, objectively think about your achievements, yeah. your little achievements, yeah. then that basically like um, supports the idea that you're not a fraud, right? Yes. This is something me and Vin do all the time, is if you've had, say, if I, I don't know, say if I've done something well or I've submitted something or say you've sent something off that's been on your... I'm like, right, let's go out and celebrate. Let's go do something to celebrate. Yes. Um, because... I think it's so important to celebrate. So, as well, we're coming up to our two years, first of Feb. I'm there like, Vin, can we celebrate? Or Bex, because obviously me and Bex are in the same department. We started together. I'm like, right, let's do something to celebrate. So we're going to Ninja yeah. Warrior. And I think you could easily let these kind of milestones pass without celebrating them. But to celebrate like that you've come two years and you've survived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so important. Yeah, so and it's important. ammunition to like... Um, fire against the imposter syndrome isn't yes. it because like you're demonstrating tangible things that prove that the imposter syndrome is not your reality yeah. isn't it you yeah know, if you can actually be like look i've made it to two years i've done this i've done exactly this. Like, exactly yeah um there's a few things obviously we'll, we'll we're running out of time we don't want to keep you no here, i think we should wrap up yeah sort of positive talk as well telling you affirmations yes Power of words is so important. You are I'm supposed amazing. to be here. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I'm, I'm amazing. amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> yeah. You are meant to be here and you are, yeah, you are worthy of this PhD. That made me sound so gross. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. And, it's um, true. What other stuff have you got? Just quickly read out and then we can yeah, let's have, end um, the ramble because we have really rambled. We've really rambled. I mean, it's called the ramble for a reason. Asking for feedback, you know, yep. taking that feedback and, you know, believing it yes. is the hard bit but yes. I think that's, that's exactly that's why probably why I feel so good my yeah. progress and your review I've been told I'm amazing um, talk to people that you trust and find a support network so that when you are feeling shit or when you're feeling like you know like a real fraud speak to those people and hopefully mm-hmm. if they're good friends they'll be able to convince you otherwise yes. and make you feel a bit better and otherwise we've, we've talked about yeah. it to be honest Em so yeah. I reckon Sorry, just to, before you... Oh. No, but I... When you're trying to be... When you're being harsh on yourself, um, you just reminded me, think about if you would say it to your friend. Yes. So important. So if you go, oh, I'm in, oh, like, people are going to find me out. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not... Would you dare say that to your friend that was sat next to you? Probably not. Never. So don't say... Whatever you wouldn't say to a friend or a person that you care about, don't say it to yourself. Yeah. Try and stop yourself from saying it. And that's probably going to end on there. Love it. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to give it a go. Let's get to the uh, inspiration for the desperation. I think we need word. it, don't we? We need it. Sorry, this has been so <laughs> Okay, so um, we have now labelled this section inspiration for your desperation. <laughs> um, so we're going to give an inspirational quote. And last week we heard from Vin, um, giving some real good bleak but good inspiration um and you can check that out on our last podcast or on our instagram which i've spelt insignificant wrong (laughs) um and we are not gonna hear from vin this week because we broke up 
oh shit yeah it's pretty bleak um he just didn't say i love you and it's uh, just too much it's too much and yeah. the pessimist got to know <laughs> we're joking and um, we're gonna hear from molly's husband oh this god because they've still... got very different vibes haven't they they do i mean i'm still not used to that word husband but we'll go with it yeah yeah i mean i think vin is um you know your archetypal archetypal <laughs> <laughs> archetype what how, what? how do you say that I word? I don't know what you're trying to say. Archetypal? No, forget it. He's your typical pessimist, right? Yes. Now, we've got Lloydie, on the other hand, yeah. who um, is an incessant optimist. Oh, really? Almost a little bit sickening sometimes. Oh, He's, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of those people... I mean, I love you, Lloyd, but, you know, he will offer solutions when you just don't fucking want them well to be fair i think vin does that too really? and i'm just trying to have a moan and the thing is a guy thing we've discovered they they want solutions they're like right it's problem solved and we and like, just, i just want to i just want a hug yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i think but to be fair i do admire lloyd's um optimism but i'm really intrigued so to is see... this from has he googled or is it from his own brain it's from his own brain which okay. i'm not gonna lie i'm a little bit worried yeah because Lloyd is the king of dad jokes, um, and I'm sensing there's going to be something potentially inappropriate. So oh, nice. I know. I can't wait. Go. Hello. Hello. Is that Lloydy? It is. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? How's work? Yeah, great. great. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it doesn't sound too optimistic. No, it doesn't. You guys for sure. <laughs> Well, welcome to uh, Stupid Genius, and we, uh, we're really excited to hear what you've got to tell us today. A bit of inspiration for our desperation, we're hoping. Oh yeah, you are going to feel inspired. I can't wait. With the quote I've come up come with. Come on, hit us with it. Uh, and this better be from your own brain, Lordy. You want to go now, yeah? Go on, yeah. All right. I've written it down because it's, you know, I want to deliver it properly. <laughs> oh. Oh, Whenever you feel you don't deserve to be where you are or really achieved what you have, remember, you won the most difficult race nine months before you were even born against millions of people who were fighting for their lives. How could you not be exactly where you are meant to be right now? Oh, that's so good. Can I just say, though, you and Vin do the the longest quotes ever. (laughs) I was it could be on a postcard. That's so good, though. I do love that. I mean, I do love that. But can I just ask, right? <laughs> the nine. We're talking yeah. about conception, no, right? I'm thinking he's talking about the, yeah. the sperm swimming to the yeah, end. Yeah, but when he said you're fighting against millions of people, just the sperm. Millions of sperm. They're not people. <laughs> they're not like all. With, they're not there with. People, aren't they? You know, they just. All, you know. They're not there with like shields and swords. Like, fucking <laughs> yeah. trying to race for these. It's like. Ah, <laughs> the egg's like. Oh, my God. <laughs> But you know what, I do I think really... you're uh, qualified medically to be able to comment on that, to be honest. So... Well, you we are scientists, so... <laughs> we're experts in the field, though. Yeah. Um, and how did you end it again? That you're, What was it you're exactly where you're meant to be? How could you not? Saying? What was the, the little end bit of the quote? Because I really liked that. Mm. Oh, yeah. How could you not be exactly where you are meant to be? Yeah. I love, I love it. that. I think it's the certainty he says it with. Yeah, you're so confident, and I I enjoy that. I yeah. very much enjoy that. It's my football chant. Is it? <laughs> All right, come on then. Let's hear it. In Are the you book. doing like a whole like Wolf of Wall Street thing? Like, mm-hmm. do you know what? He's on a high because he's an Arsenal fan and the top of the table. Come on, Lloyd. Right, I want to hear that quote again, but in your best football chant. Do it. Read it again in my best football chant. Boy. Go for it. All right. 
whenever you feel you don't deserve to be where you are or really achieved what you have, remember you won the most difficult race in nine months before you were even born against millions of people who are battling for their lives. How could you not be exactly where you are meant to be? Honestly, Lloyd is from Somerset. I don't know if you can tell that, but the second he turns into a football fan, he starts talking <laughs> like a London <laughs> You're right, Lloyd. You're right, darling. How are you not supposed to be where you're supposed to be? <laughs> Everyone knows. Similar to Molly, where she can't shout over three decibels unless it's in a London accent. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. We discovered that I can't. I can only shout in Cockney. Oh, really? Like I actually can't shout. So, like, if we ever have children, I need to discipline them. I'm going to be like, "All right, now you sit down, <laughs> Daphne. You get in now. <laughs> I'm not your mum. <laughs> You've been watching too many. Oh, it's too much. I am your mum actually. <laughs> right, Lloydie. Uh, I'm going to thank you for that, and um, I think we're going to love you and leave you. Thank you. I'm happy to not get roasted. So uh, yeah, you're, you enjoy the rest of the podcast, guys. And, it, it was good. I think yes, maybe next next time you can maybe try and get it like in a in a quote for like it's just a bit. It's it's more of a speech than a less quote. of a fucking paragraph. Yeah, yeah. I know, there's so much I wanted to say. It's too much inspiration in your brain. He's just brimming with too much confidence. You see, it's good to see. Right, right see ya. Love you. Love you. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> no. I gotta love you. Oh. And oh. you're saying it to me, actually. Yeah, of course he was. He probably was. He loves everyone, does that, Lloydie? Well, so I like that. Right, I'm going to hit good. us with my quote now. Go on, then. Which, unlike Lloyd's, is very short. <laughs> um, so I recently read this book called... Right, I'm going to say the author's name first, and it's going to be completely incorrect, the pronunciation. Bjorn Nathiko Lindeblad. Whoa! Yes, exactly. Um, And the book is called I May Be Wrong and Other Wisdoms from Life as a Forest Monk. Now, if anyone hasn't read this book, which you may not have done. I thought that was a quote. I was like, what the hell does that mean? Oh, no. So that that is the name of the book. But if you haven't read the book, I would say 100% read it. It's really, really good. Um, When the book starts, it starts from the author actually having died. Oh, yeah, he, he wrote the book knowing that when it was going to be published, he was going to be dead. So that in itself is like, I don't know, reading it, it That's just sets the so whole thing. That's yeah. so crazy. And he um, left his life as a really high-flying finance guy mm. in, somewhere in Scandinavia and became a forest monk in Thailand for like 30 years. Anyway, it's all about his, his journey and things and he has a lot of really interesting things to okay. share. Now the quote is part of the title, I may be wrong. Right? And I know that doesn't sound like much, um, but when I read this book, that really, really stuck with me because the whole idea of the book is like challenging your own thoughts and like not just believing everything your brain tells you. Because, I mean, I'm no scientist, but supposedly, or so I've read, like your brain has something like 60,000 thoughts every day, right? And his whole thing is that not every single thought is going to be representative of reality. No. And it's about being critical of your own thoughts. And I think that's so useful because, like, when you're having those moments of doubt and insecurity and you're mm. telling yourself, I'm a fraud, yeah. it's that being able to say, actually, I may be wrong. I, yeah. You know, I may be wrong. And, like, it's such I a like simple sentiment. But And I've actually used it a lot in lots of different ways. One, in things like imposter syndrome... Um, but also, like, in relationships and when you're having, you know... Oh, my God, yeah. I, I have a there. similar sort of thing, like, 
why can't both be right if you're in an argument? Exactly. Because like, it's almost like agreeing to disagree, but you yeah. could be you could be wrong but you could also be right and they could be wrong they could also be right because it's so weird when it comes to our thoughts um we don't believe so many of our thoughts like but the ones we do believe are the ones that are telling us we're not yeah i was about to say usually you can sift through about 10 positive things and latch on to that one negative yeah and for someone i mean that will that's really good for say like anxiety or yeah because anxiety is a liar it lies to you all the time and if you just remember that that i may be wrong i may be wrong so there you go, guys. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> We're wrong. <laughs> and that's it. Let's um, be wrong. That's been Stupid Genius. Stupid Genius. See ya. See you next week. Bye. Obviously, you're going to hear it if you go, ah. Oh, shit. It's really I'm hot. I'm still holding my esophagus. <laughs> <laughs>